Coming up on episode 45 of the Keto Camp podcast, we have author and speaker, Professor Brian Peskin. What really amazed me in the field of medicine that you've never seen the build on the past. It's like it doesn't exist. And in engineering, it's, oh, this brilliant guy came up with this in 1850. And then another brilliant guy built on that from 1920. And then a third guy came along and built on these two in 1950. Medicine, you hear nothing. It's like it all starts today. And they are not using any science anymore. They're looking at studies as science. And I want to make this very clear. A study is not science. It's open to misinterpretation. Physiology, biochemistry, and if your doctor says something, ask this one thing always. Doctor, what is the metabolic pathway that causes this? And if their eyes glaze over or if he gets mad, you get a major problem find yourself somebody else because they don't know what they're talking about. Pathways are the science. They can't give those to you. Don't believe a word. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey there, Keto Camper. I'm excited to share this episode with Professor Peskin. It was recorded on location in Miami. We were having lunch at a great spot in Miami called Organic Bites, and we were sitting outside. Probably not the best move because there is some background noise. It's not too bad, but you might hear it. So just wanted to let you know in advance. Professor Peskin is a very controversial person. (laughs) He has been for for many years, and if you know who he is, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And this episode is very controversial. Uh, And I don't want you to believe everything he says, and I'm sure he'll tell you the same thing. We want you to leave this episode with uh, some information for you to do some more research on your end. And you're gonna learn a lot of amazing things. I I learned a lot from this episode. I was asking him many questions that I was curious about. Professor Peskin starts off by sharing his personal story of his wife who became type one diabetic in her early 30s, who was doing, quote, doing everything right. And he's an engineer by training, so he just started to study health and studies ferociously. And Professor Peskin, you're gonna see, you're gonna hear this, he is the master of reading studies and breaking it down. He's read thousands and thousands and thousands of studies, more than most. In this episode, Professor Peskin talks about conventional medicine and what questions to ask your doctor so you know that your doctor knows what they're doing and what questions could cause a red flag for you to find somebody else. We get into fish oil and why fish oil is causing more harm than good. We talk about the real cause of weight gain. We get into saturated fat 
in why saturated fat is not the problem. Professor Peskin also gets into vegetable oils and why vegetable oils are worse than cigarettes. He gives a stat on vegetable oils leading to cancer versus cigarettes leading to cancer. And the answer is going to just blow your mind because it did my mind. We get into breaking your fast the right way and the worst way to break your fast and so much more. And I'm going to share him in a, in a few minutes with you. I want to first announce something huge that I've been working on for most of this year, and that is the Keto Camp Academy. It has officially launched into this world. And let me tell you about the Keto Camp Academy. There are different sections in there. There's a 28-day keto jumpstart section. So if you're starting keto, this is where you want to start. It's the best way to get all the results without any of the side effects. If you've fallen off keto, you could go back into this. And then I have advanced strategies on keto. There's also a section on fasting, both intermittent fasting, block fasting, how to do it the right way. There's a section on self-development. Motivation, we all need motivation every single day. People say motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. <laughs> That's why we require it daily. So there's a section in there for you to go into and watch a motivational video or two every single day to help keep you inspired and motivated to continue getting results with your keto and fasting journey. There's a section on sleep, how to optimize your sleep, a toxicity section, an essential oil section, there's a fitness section with actual fitness videos. Every section has videos, by the way. And there's also gonna be in the fitness section appearances from uh, fitness celebrities like GC3 Fitness. There's also gonna be appearances in the academy from other celebrities, uh, influencers in this space. Uh, Dr. Ken Berry, Dr. Will Cole. I'm gonna have Dr. Jason Fung, Dr. Mil Mindy Peltz. This is all exclusive for academy members. There's also a Facebook group for all members an exclusive Facebook group that's a closed group, just it's only for the members, which I will do a monthly question and answer in that Facebook group. You also get a keto grocery shopping list, keto meal plans, all of my best-selling books, all three of them, and so much more. Videos are updated every single month, and there are 100 plus videos in there already, and there's gonna be 200 plus soon, and then 300 plus, and we're just gonna keep this going every single month. The Academy is $39 per month, but if you're listening to this close to the release of this episode and where I'm announcing this, you could get in at the founder's rate. I'm taking the first 100 members of the Keto Camp Academy and you are the founding members and you could get in at $27 per month. All you gotta do is head to www.ketocampacademy.com and you can lock in that rate. Your founding members rate will be locked in at $27 per month. You'll be grandfathered in throughout the duration of your membership. You could cancel anytime, by the way. So head over to www.ketocampacademy.com and you are just going to love this academy. I'm so excited about it and you will see why very shortly. The last thing I wanna mention before I bring in Professor Peskin is that if this episode is helpful to you and you love, you're enjoying this, post it on your Instagram profile, your Instagram story, and tag me in it. My handle on Instagram is at TheBenazadi, T-H-E-B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I. I'll be sure to see that. I'll tag it. I'll, I'll post it on my story, and I'll be sure to, we'll, we'll get some people, some other keto campers 
following you back. Let's create this movement, this keto camp movement that's spreading throughout the world. I'm so grateful and so excited. I just want to take this second right now to say thank you out of all the podcasts out there. You chose this one today. You're spending part of your day with me and Professor Peskin, and you will not regret it. Be sure to check out the notes of this podcast. We have somebody full-time putting it all together for you, all the links, everything that was mentioned, and I'll share a little bit more about that after the episode. Let's get into this episode with Professor Peskin. Brian Peskin is the world's leading physiologic EFA expert, termed PEOs, parent essential oils, and their direct relationship to cardiovascular disease, cancer, and wound care, both traumatic and chronic, while advancing the scientific understanding of the role of essential fatty acids in the body's metabolic pathways. He has also advanced the discoveries of Nobel Prize winner Otto Warburg to increase cellular oxygenation. Amazingly, there is a fundamental cancer-heart connection. Professor Peskin's theoretical conclusions were recently and completely validated in a physiological experiment by precise instrumentation capable of measuring arterial compliance. This experiment, Iowa experiment, provided the first conclusive clinical proof and validation of Professor Peskin's theory. Professor Peskin is the author of The 24-Hour Diet, The No-Denial Strategy of Fabulous Food to Make You Lean for Life, and The PEO Solution, Conquering Cancer, Diabetes, and Heart Disease with Parent Essential Oils. Professor Brian Peskin, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. We're actually here in beautiful Miami, Florida. We're about to have lunch, a late lunch, and yeah. uh, we decided to do this in person because you're giving a talk tomorrow. Yeah. And I would love for you to share, before you share about what you're doing nowadays, can you share how you got into this space and doing the things that you're doing? Can you share your story? Sure. Well, it was personal. My wife became type 1 diabetic, doing, quote, everything right in her 30s. So she was thin, exercising, of course, a high-carb diet. And she became type 1, and it was how this happened. And I'm an engineer by training, so I did what anybody else would do. I go to the health store in the corner, and I pick up one book by, say, Atkins, and it's, you know, high protein, high fat, low carb. And right next to it, it's the exact opposite by a guy like Ornish, you know, high carbs. So who do you believe? Well, my answer is nobody. I believe science. And luckily, I live in Houston. There are two fields of science, physiology and biochemistry. Physiology is number one by far. And what's very nice of uh, Jesse Jones Library over at MD Anderson Cancer Center, which is the biggest cancer center in the world, and one of the top 10 medical libraries in America, 300,000 volumes. So they were kind enough to let me spend years there. And after a few years, it was my goodness. The science says one thing, and we're told the opposite. No wonder everybody's getting so sick in spite of trying to do everything right. And I really figured we need more people writing the science. There were a few people, but not enough. So that started me. And then one thing led to another, and I became very involved in cell membranes, essential fatty acids, which are parent essential oils, calibrated lipid formulations, glycinoids, and turns out that's the cell membrane. Cell membranes actually the guts of the cell, 
You rip out a cell membrane, the cell dies in, a, in, in very fast. You rip out the nucleus, it lasts months. So the cell membrane is key, and it's the membrane itself, not just what's going in and out. So I was very lucky. I hit on the key place, and the results we've had around the world, phenomenal with ketogenic diets, low-carb, high-fat diets, uh, anti-diabetes, which is the biggest epidemic in the world, uh, anti-cancer, anti-heart disease. So these are all addressed very easily. So fun talking about this. Yeah, I love talking about it too. And I want to talk more about the membrane, specifically sure. with its relationship to the DNA and how, they, how it yeah. uh, communicates to each other. But before we do, when you discovered that everything you had learned had been wrong and it's actually almost the complete opposite. What, what were the uh, initial feelings? Was it anger? Was it inspiration? Like, what were you experiencing? Shock. Now? It was shock. It was absolute shock because I'm a hardcore scientist, so engineering, we have physics. Doesn't matter what you think. You know, you have physics, so you can guess a lot of the times. But what really amazed me in the field of medicine that you've never seen the build on the past, it's like, it doesn't exist, and in engineering, it's, oh, this brilliant guy came up with this in 1850, and then another brilliant guy built on that from 1920, and then a third guy came along and built on these two in 1950. Medicine, you hear nothing. It's like it all starts today, and they are not using any science anymore. They're looking at studies as science, and I want to make this very clear, a study is not science, it's open to misinterpretation. Physiology, biochemistry, and if your doctor says something, ask this one thing always. Doctor, what is the metabolic pathway that causes this? And if their eyes glaze over, or if he gets mad, you get a major problem, find yourself somebody else, because they don't know what they're talking about. Pathways are the science. They can't give those to you. Don't believe a word. But it's appalling to me. What's taken is faith and more religious than science because there's a ton of science, obviously. And if you read one of my books called 24-Hour Diet, you will see the science. One of the perfect examples of this, man, is there's no saturated fat in a clogged artery. None. So if you ask cardiologists, if you ask anybody, oh, of course it's saturated fat. No, there isn't. How do you know? High-resolution chromatography measures this. So when I first saw this, it was, okay, zero. Maybe the resolution, how close they can tell, is to 20 or 50%. So it's actually 10%, but it jumps up to 50 or something. It's actually 50, but they can't. No, a tenth of a percent. So one part in a thousand is how they can measure this. So when they say it's zero, it's zero. Tell you what's in the clogged artery later, but no saturated fat. And when you go through the biochemistry, there can't be because saturated fat combines with nothing. It's burned for energy first. You want a saturated fat to fry in. That's why coconut oil is great. It can't combine with anything. It can't turn into a trans fat. So we're highly misled on all this stuff. And that's why you're so passionate about it, because people, including my wife, want to do the right thing, and the health field is misinforming them. And people in positions of authority that don't know what they're talking about 
are doing a lot of damage. And that's why America's so bad. Everybody's trying to do the right thing. Diabetes, it's everybody. And there's no end in sight. Obesity, it's everybody. Pre-1940, Ben, no type 2 diabetics. Now, probably 50% of America is overweight. Go back to 1960, 1950, it was 2%. How do you have something happening like this in 60 years? There's no genetic mutation. It's caused by what we're told to do. That's our government. That's the medical profession. That's the USDA. I'm politically very incorrect. I'm about cause and effect. And if someone's wrong, they're going to be shot, period. But there's no accountability. Nobody ever says they're sorry. All they do is come up with this nonsense, new research shows. Well, my comment is, you didn't need any research. Physiology, biochemistry, it's already there. Studies should confirm it, not be opposite to it. And that's what happens with fish oil. We could talk about that in a little minute. Because fish oil is a poison. So if anybody's taking that stuff, they really ought to stop it. But that, that's the intro, so very personal. Yeah, and we'll definitely get to fish oil because I've actually spoke about it with Dr. Pompa on episode, yeah. episode one. And he, he touched upon it, but I want to go deeper sure. into fish oil. And we'll get there. So you started doing everything. You, everything you learned, you started applying it to your wife. Yeah, I tried to solve the type 1 diabetes problem, bring back a pancreas. I couldn't do it. Um, turns out insulin was made more effective, but I could not bring back a pancreas. But to my knowledge, nobody else in the world can either. It, 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 I don't know how to do it. What do you mean by insulin was made more effective? Well, through the cell membrane, remember there's something called insulin resistance. So the amount of insulin increases more and more and more to get the same result. Got it. So that's a big problem. And because the pancreas is forced with all the type 2 diabetics to produce more and more insulin, pretty soon it can't do it. Pancreas is designed to produce insulin twice a day. So anybody eating four, six times a day, stop that. You're on a diabetic time bomb diet, blowing out your pancreas. We're not designed to be a human billy goat. Yeah. This, again, came from the nice nutritionist going high-carb diet. That's eat, crave, eat, crave, eat, crave. That makes you the human billy goat syndrome. Then they said exercise, exercise. You can't exercise enough. So once again, somebody that doesn't understand what they're talking about is putting everybody on a very bad path. Yeah, and I, I love that you say in your book, 24-hour diet, which I'll put, yeah. I'll put in a link for it in the notes and Thanks. also the PEO solution in the notes. Great books. Big ones, 24-hour diet, because we've got to stop the diabetes epidemic. Yeah. That has to stop. And that's really why this was written for the doctors to tell their patients what I tell my patients to eat based on science. Yeah. So that's number one. Everything else is number two as far as I'm concerned. In today's era, as of right now, which we're living in 2019, 24-hour diet, and can do a lot to stop the diabetes. So what's the issue with eating every two to three hours? Because we've been taught, yeah. I've been taught, at least back in the day when I was a personal trainer, yeah. if you want to rub up your metabolism and be uh, you know, efficient at using your, your food for energy, eat every two to three yeah. hours, eat small portion control meals spaced out throughout the day. Yeah. What's the issue with that? I have no idea where it came from. 
uh, I think it came from people eating carbs, seeing insulin spike, eat carbs. Carbs equal sugar. Everybody needs to know this. It makes no difference if it's brown or of rice. The glycemic index, nonsense. Complex carbohydrate is the same amount of sugar 10 minutes later. So my joke is you get just as fat 10 minutes later. Do you actually think it makes a difference? Now, again, engineer, show me the curves. I don't need you telling me what more or less is, how much I want it quantified. Show me the graph. And that's the difference. It's literally 10 minutes. And it's even worse, Ben, because your resting blood sugar with a complex carb is higher than with a simple carb. Mm. I'd actually rather see you have the simple carb, hit the pancreas, and be done with it. But your pancreas is designed, textbook of medical physiology, number one textbook in the world for physiology. North America has been through at least 20 editions. Pancreas designed to produce insulin twice a day. It does not store it very well, makes it. We've never been designed to do this. So you start eating six times a day, you blow out the insulin reserve. By the time you're on the fourth meal, you're going, give me insulin. Poor pancreas is going, I can't. I don't have any, I don't know how to do it. I don't care, give me more. Pound, pound, pound. It's walking like walking up and belting you in your arm. Keep doing that for a week. Just little taps. Yeah. And tell me how your arm is after a week. Mm -hmm. It'll be numb. Yeah. You'll have neuropathy. It'll be gone. Yeah. You'll kill it. That's what we're doing with our pancreas. And that's type one. You've blown out your pancreas. Can't produce. So we get this stuff. It's made up. They make it up by telling you to do the wrong thing. It's tragic. Absolutely tragic. I believe that the eating every two to three hours came from the food industry, you know? Of course it did. There's so much money to be made from people. Sure it is. Yeah. Well, the other thing is when you eat carbs with the insulin response, it goes high, then it goes too low. It's a systemic response. We've never been designed to deal with the amount of carbohydrate. And here's what people need to know. You start first, how much sugar is in the bloodstream? When I calculated it out, it's millimoles per deciliter. Mm -hmm. And it was seven to nine tenths. Okay, I'm an engineer. I'm practical. How much does that translate to? Less than a teaspoon. Mm -hmm. So I fell off my chair. I can't be. I'm going to have a teaspoon in five quarts of blood. You know, it's over a gallon worth of blood in Harold has. I'm going to be less than a teaspoon. So I double-checked. I get to somebody else. I said, how am I off by two orders of magnitude? Maybe it's 100. I said, no, it's one. And it's, my goodness... The average American is eating 100. We have one. Where the heck are these other 99 going? Then you look at insulin, fat storage hormone. So you don't die, all the 99 going to fat. And this is where exercise came in, making exercise a second job. I love exercise, don't get me wrong. But we don't have five hours a day to live in the gym exercising. And if you don't make the fat to begin with, you don't have to do that. You can do the weights. You can do whatever you want to get the tone and look real good, but not to negate the stupidity of living on the carbohydrates. So I'm all about big bang for the buck. It's just horrible. This is where all this came from, and this is the way I wrote 24-Hour Diet. So you get all the science. You get all the references. It's all translated if it's technical. And I give you the actual quotes. No one else, to my knowledge, in the world does that because they make stuff up, too. I don't do that. I show you exactly what is written. 
Yeah, it's a great resource. I, I was telling you before, before we started, you're welcome, that I'm going to make a lot of YouTube videos. Well, doctors asked me to write it. Give yeah. me a science-based book on what I tell my patient to eat. Based on science. Yeah. Doctors want to do the right thing. They just don't have the time anymore. Right, and you said that in the, in the, in the book as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they're influenced by drunk companies. Sure they are. Uh, who, who hide a lot of the uh, real research. Sure. So just to be clear on what yeah. you just shared, the human body wants about one teaspoon mm. of sugar in the blood at all times, which is about an, over a gallon and a half. It keeps Any, it there. It keeps it at Anything more is considered toxic, and the body has to do something to deal with that, which is to signal to the pancreas to produce insulin to take that sugar out of the blood. It either goes to fat immediately, or if you're, say, running or exercising, it will be using it. So if you eat carbs, you'll be using it when you exercise, but that's not what you want to do. You want to be burning your own body fat yeah. while you exercise. So they screwed that up too. Yeah. Carbohydrate loading, unless you're doing a marathon, which most of us aren't, is the worst thing you could possibly do for weight loss. And this is why most people quit their weight loss program because it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Because they're being told the wrong thing from their trainer. Yeah. Because they don't know. Exactly. They're not bad people. I don't think so. No. They're just misinformed. No, there's no conspiracy. They want to do the right thing, but they're not getting the science. What about this? What about if somebody's up yeah. there at, a, at a great weight? They're lean weight. They're yeah. lean. They're, they're, they're ideal body Very weight. different story. They, yeah. They have metabolic flexibility. Uh, yeah. And they've been in ketosis, so they reset their metabolism. Yep. They're super healthy. Yep. And they want to start cycling in carbs once in a while. Sure. Healthy carbs. When is the best time during the day to have those carbs? Morning. The morning. Earlier, the better. What you don't want to be doing is eating carbs at night because your blood sugar will stay high all night. And that's the worst thing in the world if you're a diabetic. The other thing people need to know is every ounce of carbohydrate you eat, you need three ounces of water. So you become a human sponge. So if you're eating this later in the evening, of course, you're not doing any exercise or moving around. You're typically watching TV or reading or doing less physical activity. That's the worst thing you can do. So the earlier in the day for the carbs, the better. And what I tell people is you can eat them, but get the bang for the buck. So make sure they're good. You want a hot flight Sunday? Get that. The bread doesn't have a lot of taste to it. Yeah. It's what you put on the bread. So yeah. get the bang for the buck with the carbs. So you said in the more as early as possible. Earlier the better. But what what about the scenario? Here's the way I look, I, I yeah. look at it. I, I agree with you that we shouldn't have it too close to bed because you don't want to give yourself energy. That's and, the and biggest thing. But what about, I thought it would be around 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., about three or four hours before you go to bed because your glycogen stores would be empty and all you're doing is simply replenishing it and not really storing it as fat. What do you think about that? just depends how much exercise you're doing. Okay. As long as you feel okay... You've answered it. Your body's answered it. If you eat the carbs and feel horrible, you've overdosed. Yeah, great answer. That yeah. is really the thing. And for a diabetic, in the book, protein powder fruit smoothie is the ideal thing. Different fruits are different glucose-wise, even the blood sugar, which I didn't know. Dr. Rowan told me about that. And I did a test with my wife. I gave her 10 ounces of peaches, and I calculated her blood glucose should have gone up by 150 points. It went up by 15, a tenth. 
So, of course, I measure it again. Still a 10, so the next day I do it. Still the same thing. Where the heck did this go? Yeah. Then I started researching. There's about 10 glute transporters. Glute 4 is the blood sugar, the glucose that hits the bloodstream that you need insulin. Well, there's a pile of other ones, and it's complicated. So people can check and see what fruit is ideal for them because we do have a sweet tooth and it is nature's natural candy but what i do is i have a little protein powder that makes it more like a milkshake as opposed to a shaved ice consistency freeze the fruit and this could be watermelon cantaloupe strawberries blueberries for my wife the peaches got the least blood sugar rise incredibly so you can play around with it and see what the best fruit for you is but you can eat that one real white because diabetics love snacking on junk all the time that's why they're typically diabetic that's why they're overweight and you can have these smoothies during the day too and they're great because you get the volume so you're full you get the sweet tooth because you're gonna have eight to ten ounces of fruit and you can walk by ice cream pizzas cakes candies i don't care what it is after you do that smoothie you have no desire it's like i have cats they're carnivores you can keep their plate full all the time they walk by it they're not eating all the time they, when they're hungry they're not hungry yep. so the key is not to do it and then you add the oils i call it a calibrated lipid formulation because there's two essential oils parent omega-6 parent omega-3 that we need that's another reason the body makes us hungry because we're not getting them so all nature can do is oh ben didn't give me any of these critical oils in this batch of food because i have to get them from food that's why they're called essential fatty acids we can't make them all you do is make them hungry again so the next batch of food doesn't have them so it's eat crave 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 we're gone there too so I try giving answers to problems that nobody's given answers to because I don't want to waste your time regurgitating the same garbage you already know. I spend all my time giving you things you don't know and haven't seen before because the journals I live in or medical textbooks I live in, the average person just doesn't. But yeah. it's my job to do this, and it's all I do. So... This is what I do. And luckily, I started in the right place. I got to stand on the shoulders of Warburg and some very brilliant people. And with the engineering, I like cause effect. So we get answers that work, and then we get this practically to the physicians around the world. But I'm a theorist, so I love looking at the theory and going, this is what should happen. But then we get it out to the doctors, and they go, Brian worked just like you said beautiful and it typically does awesome so it's very rewarding yeah and if what you have is right it should work in 80 to 90 percent of the people not 20 or 30 or like in the case of a statin two percent that's a 98 percent failure rate when you start talking things like this it's like having 100 iphones and 98 blow up in your face or don't work the medical profession's going brilliant because statins work 2%. So then NT, 
of 80. NNT, the higher the number is, the worse it is, means how many do you need patients to get one success? That's 80. So if I divide one by 80, it's one point, <laughs> you know, four. It's pretty bad. It is, and that's why we see such an epidemic of people who are sick. Their methods don't work. It doesn't work. It no. doesn't work. Um, no. Going back real quick to the GLUT4, the GLUT4 transporter. What do you that's the big one we care about because that's the bloodstream, and that's where insulin gets it out and makes you fat. So that's when you upregulate the GLUT4 transporter, what's happening in the body? We had too many carbohydrates, and your body wants it back to normal. So it has to get that sugar out of there. It's a set point. There's no way you could guess this. It's called a priori. This is set by nature. Why it's 7 tenths to 9 tenths of a teaspoon? That's a number. 79 milligrams per deciliter. If you translate it, 7 tenths of a teaspoon to 9 tenths of a teaspoon. We're all within a tenth of a percent, which is one part in a thousand, unless you're diabetic. So things can be very, very tightly regulated by the body if they need to be. But that's how tight it is. And if it's over that, body gets it out, turns it to fat. Now you better exercise it away and get rid of it or burn it by starving. Or, you know, ketogenic diet will do it too, but yeah. it's harder. I don't want it stored to fat to begin with. By the way, regular fat doesn't go to fat. Saturated fat does not go to fat. You'd go, it has to. Well, I would guess it has to, but it doesn't. What if you ate it in excess? No. So it, it can't. You have to have carbohydrate consumed to get cholesterol 3-phosphate to have insulin stored as fat. It takes a hormone to do it. It won't do it. And by the way, you cannot eat infinite fat. Your body won't let you do it. You have an appetite. Yeah. You gotta remember this thing. We can't just do whatever the heck we want. So you start eating a quarter pound of fat, you're stuffed. So you can't do it. So you're asking questions that basically Pretty won't happen unless yeah. I shove it down your throat with a syringe force feed. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like it still can't happen. You'll throw up. Right. It can't happen. It's just like protein cannot go to fat unless you've eaten the carbohydrate. Right. Now, well, if you have the carbohydrate there from food, but on its own, if I eat no carbohydrate and I eat steak, that protein will not go to fat. I don't care who tells you they're wrong. It can't. The medical textbooks confirm this. You have to have exogenous carbohydrate, meaning you ate it to go to fat. What about in the case of eating, which might be difficult, but I think this might be possible, yeah. eating protein in excess, wouldn't a certain part of that convert to glucose in the body, and then you have a scenario where some of that protein does get stored as fat? No. If you don't eat any carbohydrate with that protein, the answer is no. Not open the discussion now. I know all the keto people minimize the hair out of the protein. And there's a reason for that, because to get no carbohydrate is virtually impossible. Mm. So they're Got trying it. to minimize it, but you have to understand precisely 
what the question is and what the answer is. So if I eat just fat and protein like a steak, there's virtually no carbohydrate in a steak. None of that protein is going to fat. And the other cool thing with protein is, for example, 58% of a steak is water after it's cooked. The majority of that cooked steak is water. 70% of that steak gets burned up in its own digestion. So when you look at how much net amino acids, how much net protein there is, it's shockingly little. <laughs> That's interesting. Most people don't know this. They've never seen it. But again, this is physiology and biochemistry, and very few live there. Yeah. That's so interesting, by the way. What if somebody has a piece of nice steak, protein and fat, yep. but they have it with ketchup? Now you've introduced the carbohydrate because the tomato is carbs. There's typically sweetener in there. But I did my own test for a week along with a colleague, pound and a half of steak every day. We both lost weight. <laughs> but we didn't have the carbs. Yeah. Eating a steak by itself. Or we did have some carbs. You don't need zero. Yeah. But you minimize them. So a baked potato, half a one. That sort of thing. You want to have a sandwich? One slice of bread. Thin, not one of these monster chunks you get in the, you know, the, the restaurants where they're selling you bread, you know, with a little bit of meat because bread's cheap. So carbohydrate is very cheap and inexpensive. Protein's a lot of money. Fat's a lot of money. Cheese, real cheese, is expensive. Steak, real steak, is expensive. Cereal, the box costs more than the cereal. <laughs> costs nothing. And that's why most people use it because it's so cheap and easy. Of course. It's uh, understandable, but understand how you're harming yourself. Totally. Totally. I'm with you. So what, a, what, yeah. what would cause a person... Good to, questions. Yeah, thank you. I'm asking them for myself, by the way. They're good questions. Which scenario would cause a person to gain fat faster if they consumed protein and carbohydrates? Yeah. Or fat and carbohydrates? Well, fat will have no influence at all. So fat does nothing on its own. Now, if you have carbohydrate with protein, the protein can accentuate the heck out of the insulin. So it can actually make it worse. I just saw a talk on this by, uh, I think, Dr. Bickman. It began with a B. Ben Benjamin Bickman. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent out of Utah. Yeah, yeah He's yeah. coming on my podcast next Very, yeah. very good guy. Give my compliments. I, I sent him an email. He hasn't responded, but he probably gets a lot. He's a very, very good scientist. Yeah. So he was saying you want it by a factor of four with the insulin output if you eat the carbs with the protein. Um, but you have to eat the protein. Mm -hmm. So if you, and I'm not sure how much carbs were there, but minimizing the carbs is always the answer. And the average person can be just fine with minimum carbs. They're always last on the list. What if somebody is, they just completed a 24-hour fast, so they're insulin sensitive, they're hormone sensitive, and then they break the fast with a high-fat, high-carbohydrate meal. Wouldn't the carbohydrates spike the glucose and then spike insulin, and then it starts taking that glucose and pushing it into the cells. Wouldn't the fat that was also consumed also go into the cells, creating fat cells? No, it can't, but I want to have a high-carb meal after coming off a fast. That's the stupidest thing you can do Why? because you've just spent all this time Burning dumping fat. the fat, yeah. and now you're shoving it all back. So the smartest thing you can do is a steak 
coming off that. I agree. That fast or fat and protein. Yes. But not anything with carbohydrate. Now, you could do the fruit. I know a lot of the keto people hate fruit. Making a mistake there, too. You don't have to avoid the fruit. Remember I told you the insulin. What are your favorite fruits? I like watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew melon. You can have strawberries, blueberries. Uh, I freeze them. And like I said, people have different sensitivities to different fruits. I'm not sure why. I had three or four analyzed with fructose, glucose, sucrose. I couldn't figure out why the heck is peach is the best. And I couldn't come up with a chart of what you wanted. So it stymied me. I was shocked to see the peaches had the effect. But if you could measure your blood sugar, I was type 1. So the way I did it with her is she had high blood glucose and she doesn't produce insulin. Right. So it's the perfect way to do it. Give her more junk. It should have gone through the roof, and it didn't. So it was a superb test two days in a row. So I think it was 15 points and 13 points. Wow. That's nothing. It's a 15 points in a diabetic is nothing. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. So, so personal experimentation with the fruit. Got it. Personal experimentation with the fruits varies for each person. Yeah. Now, vegetables, different story, like cucumber juice, cucumber. I'm not big on juicing celery, stuff. Celery juice you're drinking yeah, right now. I yeah. like having the whole food. I'm just playing around totally. with some juicing now. But with juicing, if you do this extensively, you are teaching your digestive system to be lazy. So you start getting elderly in 70 or 80 doing this juicing garbage without using your teeth, you have taught your digestive system to be lazy, you're going to be in deep trouble. Mm. So eat the food and chew it up. There's no reason to be juicing instead of eating the the food. Right. You know, like celery or any of them. Right. Eat it. <laughs> so you have two options here. Yeah. Which do you choose? Number one, smoking a cigarette every day. Yeah. Number two, eating cooked vegetable oils every day. Which do you choose? <laughs> cooked vegetable oils are pretty darn bad. Um, I'll give you the statistics with smoking. Smoke two packs a day for 28 years. Take 100 people. How many will develop lung cancer? How many would you think? So take... Two packs a day, 28 years. How many get lung cancer? Uh... 15%. Pretty damn good. It's 16. Okay. Which means 84% don't get it. If I get processed oils to everybody, the bulk are going to get heart disease or cancer. So by far, processed oils are much worse than smoking. Now, with the smoking part, be careful because it's called a conditional probability. They'll go, oh, but if you smoked, what's the chance you have cancer? Right. Well, if you were a smoker, you have an 84% chance. If yeah. you go backwards. Yeah. But that's not the original question you asked. It's in the book, and I talk about it. It's even stumped people lecturing on it that I heard. Yeah, I was always worrying about that myself. Oh, so you're lecturing, saying things you don't even understand. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't understand the conditional probability. But absolutely, the adulterated oils are the biggest problem we have in the world today. So what are the main culprits? What are these oils? Could you name them? What they do is what, what are they? adulterated parent omega-6, called linoleic acid. That's called parent omega-6. That's one that we can't make. 
And it's mainly in the, the seeds, like sunflower seeds, safflower seed, pumpkin seed, even primrose seed. Most seeds, nuts, and food are highly prevalent in the omega-6 side. The omega-3 oils are almost non-existent. Flax has them. Walnut will have them 20%. What do they do? Oh, the reason Seventh-day Adventists are good is because they're eating walnut oil. And it's got also omega-3. It's got five times the omega-6, genius. It's not the omega-3. So everybody jumped on the omega-3 bandwagon. There's parents. There's derivatives. Fish oil, DHA, EPA is called a derivative. You need almost none of it. And in the supraphysiologic dosages these people are telling you to take, you're going to kill yourself. For fish oil. Yeah. I was telling you, it cuts human mitochondrial enzymes, which is where we get our energy in half. So that's congestive heart failure. It has no energy to beat. They also looked at humans. It raised the DHA level to the diabetic level. So diabetics have higher DHA EPA levels than non-diabetics. Also, the people eating the most oily fish got the worst blood sugar rises, exacerbating diabetes. So anybody telling you to eat lots of fish oil is insane. They know no science. They know no physiology. They will kill you. It's also cardiolipin is all parent omega-6. That's the mitochondria. That is why we have the problem if you're on high fish oil. The cardiolipin can't get the omega-6. The fish oil displaces it. They don't work. If you're wondering why they're defective, you did it to yourself. Uh, what's the um, physiological process? Displaces. The it, it, come, it enters the cell, and then it, it, it pushes out the cardiolipin. Yeah. So then it reduces your mitochondria, and then you have low You, you can't burn energy. it all up. Everybody, oh, you just pay to oxidize it. No. Your body just can't get rid of everything. Does it just burn up a poison? It can, it has to shove it in the wrong place and you die. For example, another one, your skin. It's all parent omega-6. Gee, we have an epidemic of skin cancer today. You think that's anything to do with all the omega-3 oil, flax, or fish oil? Absolutely, fish oil goes rancid immediately. It gets the heat from the sun, boom. Dermatologists don't have a clue why skin cancer rates aren't going down. Dermatologists prescribe fish oil sometimes They're to, insane. to their patients. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like a steroid. So, actually, a dermatologist told me this. Well, I give lectures and I get the hands up. Well, Brian, when we give fish oil to our patients, their skin clears. And I said, it does? And then one sent me an email. He goes, I'm surprised you missed this. It acts like a steroid. And it makes it where... Your immunity goes down to nothing. You ever watch the ads if you're on a steroid, make sure you don't have this disease, that disease, this disease. Well, that's because you have no immune system taking fish oil. And this was known in the 1990s. Fish oil destroyed your immune system. Wow. It's incredible. It's absolutely, I look at this, I don't even know what you say. It's that bad. I didn't know about the immune system, that yeah. that part. That's new to me, and, and it makes a lot of sense. What if somebody is getting the most pristine fish oil in the world, yeah. and the ratio is perfect? It's yeah. a 4 to 1, 6 to 3 ratio, and they're doing it 
in moderation, meaning yeah. maybe seven days on, 30 days off type of thing. Yeah. You, you gotta be care very, very careful with fish oil. First thing is understand the processed food. The most pristine, best fish oil is supra-physiologically wrong. And the USDA, National Institutes of Health, measured how much DHA is used in the human brain daily. The maximum was 7.2 milligrams. Milligrams. So I'm a reasonable guy. Double it. That would give you the DHA in the brain and the eye. 14 milligrams is used on a daily basis. Take a look at the capsule and see how much you're taking. 20 to 500 times on a daily basis. To put that in perspective, try... Jeez. Or try 100 aspirins. Don't do it. I'm being yeah. facetious. Don't You'll die. That. That's what they're doing to us. And in every test I've ever done, fish oil doesn't help anything. The gas tank is already full. It won't help a kid's cognitive ability. It won't help macular degeneration. It won't help Alzheimer's. It doesn't help heart disease. It fails in everything. Oh, except it lowers the triglycerides, which doesn't mean much. That's it. One indication is all pharma can get, and that's not a direct cause of anything. You said when I saw you speak in Boca a couple years ago at Dr. Pompa's event that if you're wrong, shoot you. That's a powerful statement right Most there. Most don't say that because they're wrong all over the place. Sure. And this is the problem. You get good people that are 80% right. Now, you got to be able to discern where's the guy 20% wrong. I don't care who it is. Right. See, I stay in the same field. I don't move. But most people can't do what I do. They don't, you know, they have to talk about this, that, and the other thing. So there's a good chance they can be wrong somewhere. And you never know where they're wrong, even the best. And you said there's about 15,000 studies on fish oil. <laughs> there is. And you said half show that they do not work and could be dangerous, and the other half don't really give you any... Oh, it's more than half. It's the more than half. Yeah, the average one fails. The now, the reason fails. they do so many of them is because you're working at a 95% confidence interval, which means you're allowing 5% incorrectness, which means 5% of the time the test will fail, but you'll say it works. So if I do 15,000, 5% of 15,000 is 750, I actually have 750 right. failures with fish oil that look like it's worked. Right. And that's why I do it. How many tests do you do with gravity? Two. I drop a brick off a building, it falls, and I drop a second one off a building, and it falls. We're done. Why do I keep redoing it? Science wouldn't advance if I did, but with fish oil and... Cochrane is the best in the world for analyzing studies. They just came out this year. Fish oil is absolutely worthless for anything cardiovascular related. Anything. Wow. Canada does not allow a fish oil recommendation. They don't even allow it. But Cochrane came out. Stroke. Anything to do with a cardiac problem. Fish oil does nothing to help it. Actually, you're harming the heck out of it. I yeah. just told you. And you're setting yourself up for cancer, yeah. uh, insulin resistance, and it's like a long-term steroid. Ask your doctor how healthy it is to be on a long-term steroid. Any medical professional look at you like you are insane because they all know that's the one thing we don't do. And what fish oil does is it completely impedes 
all the essential fatty acid derivatives, which is the world I live in. So if you want to screw up everything that should be going on, this is why fish oil is so insidious. Fish oil will do it, and nasids do it, and steroids do it, and drugs do it to different levels. So it impedes all the essential fatty acid metabolism. It's amazing we don't die immediately. Now, we do die, but slowly. So it's a long, drawn-out death. It's not pleasant. We're not designed to be going like this. So when, it's, when I get a new client, yeah. I ask them what they're taking, and they usually say fish oil. That's the first thing I take them off. Number one supplement I, in America. I immediately put them on Pureform, which is a, a product that you helped design. <laughs> brand of essential fatty acids. Exactly. So yeah. can you share a little bit more about Pureform? And, and well, I don't get in any specific brand because I talk disease prevention. I can't talk brands. Got it. That's problematic. But I tell people in any supplement, you need to make sure it's organic because we certainly don't want to have problems. That's, you know, pesticide residues, totally. trans fats. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. So organic isn't better because of more vitamins and minerals. I'll make this clear to everybody. It's lack of a negative. Everybody misses this. Oh, it's not better with more. I'm not getting it for that. They just did one in Florida. We're in Florida today. There was some blight with some bug wiping out a crop, and they let them use an antibiotic. It just came out this, this week, as a matter of fact. I was talking to colleagues about it that it did absolutely nothing to stop the bugs and increase the crop yield, but it's a hazardous chemical, and the residue is up by 300%, which is threefold. Of course, nobody goes to jail, nobody gets sued, but that's why you want organic, so this doesn't happen, because yeah. those are carcinogenic yeah. residues. You take 20 years of carcinogens, you're gonna have a big problem. Yeah. So you have to stop that, and that is why you want Organic. You don't want the problem. You want more parent omega six than parent omega three. What's the ratio? One to one to two and a half to one is a good ratio in a supplement. When you calculate the body tissues, including body fat, it's eleven to one in the body. So anybody telling you, oh, we get an overdose of omega six, it's naturally. You want snow overdose. Yeah. It's what you're supposed to have. And I think grass-fed beef is, has like a four-to-one ratio. Two-to-one. Two-to-one. There you go. Yeah. Yes, two-to-one. Now, even with the cow, and grass is a pile of omega-3, okay? Maybe ten-to-one in the omega-3, but even the cow doesn't want the damn stuff. Right. So it's getting rid of it. Now, humans can't get rid of We only have one stomach. The cow has four or five. But... A major organ in a human will be about four to one. The muscles are six, six and a half to one. The brain's a hundred to one. There's not a lot of parent omega six and three in the brain. DHA to arachidonic acid, which is the omega six side, the omega three side, they're pretty close, 40%, one to one. So everybody talks about how much DHA is in the brain. Well, arachidonic acid is the omega six side there's a pile of that in the brain, and on a daily basis, four times more of that goes into the brain than DHA. So you can make the case arachidonic acid is more important in the brain than DHA, and they're all just, their head is just so far. Who do you get 
in the wrong place. Where do you get Rachidonic it? acid meats. <laughs> Comes from meat. Yeah. Now, our body can make it too from the parent omega 6, so that's called a long chain metabolite. But back to what you want you want a P anisonine level, which is a secondary aldehyde of low. Fish oil is 19, 20 is toxic. So the most pristine fish oil is on the borderline of being toxic. This is how bad it is. Uh, Plant-based oil will be around less than six. Fish oil is 19. Uh, fish oil has more problems you want it in a natural triglyceride form. It's typically not done that way because they concentrate it in a methyl form. So you're overdosing the liver with alcohol. Mercola just did a big article on this this week. People have been calling me up all over the place. So he talks about it. So it goes on and on with the damage we're doing. But in the book, I talk about what you need to be looking for. And it's expensive, but it's still cheap. What's it worth to not get heart disease, not get cancer, and have your insulin maximized. Yeah. We're only talking a dollar and a quarter a day. Yeah. If that's too much for you, you're on your own, buddy. You I know, mean, I mean, get, get the soda. Either we pay now and we spend oh. the money, or we pay and we're forced to pay later. Pay later, you pay a hundred times yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. Because so, you're gonna get a bad disease. I have a, a yeah. one question here from the book uh, yeah. that I that I earmarked, and also I have three last final questions. You said that more exercise when it comes to losing weight and just getting healthier in general, it's not the answer. The answer is nutritional. You don't need to be a rat on the treadmill yeah. every day. What, could you expand upon that? Well, there's a couple things with exercise. If you're not taking these oils, the more exercise, the more I eat. It's a systemic response. I have a Formula One race car. It gets three and a half miles to the gallon on the racetrack. It's got a hell of an appetite. So I'm eating all the time. So the key with exercise is I don't want the appetite going through the roof. And certainly not the appetite for carbohydrates because I'm gone. So that's the biggest thing. And then with carbohydrates, you cannot exercise enough. I give an example out of textbook of medical physiology. You don't start burning fat right away. And you alluded to it with the liver storing glycogen. You start using glycogen for at least half to two-thirds. And then at the tail end, you start burning stored fat. So it's complicated stuff. You just I've heard doctors talk about this on their shows on TV. We have 3,600 calories, and, uh, you know, you should burn it up an hour, but it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I never understood that either because you're not starting out burning the fat. And that's why it doesn't work. So this isn't for amateurs. Excellent question. Thank you. Yeah, that's another reason why calories in and calories out is just... I start same. out with that. I know. The calorie theory is wrong. Dr. Fick disproved this in 1850. Medical physicists were not a heat engine. And my point is, if the medical field is 150 years out of date with the calorie theory being wrong, God help us. Jeez. By the way, calories are not a food. Yes, I'm eating calories. No, genius, you're not eating calories. A calorie is how much heat is released from burning something. And it's a stupid measure. Do you actually think you're eating essential protein for, quote, calories, like burning wood in a fireplace? No. 
You're not eating it for heat. You're eating it for structure. Do you actually think you're eating FAs that are critical? The body can't make them to burn it up? No. Saturated fat can be burned up. Monounsaturated fat can be burned up. Ketones can be burned up. But the EFAs, you're not burning them up. So the whole concept is beyond stupid. And most of the medical profession is calories. Calories in, calories burned up is how fat I get. I know. What? You said it's beyond stupid. You, you, you know. I just can't contain myself. People yeah. criticize me all the time. Brian, you got to stop calling people stupid. <laughs> I said if I called them what they really should be called, we'd be off the air. <laughs> because that's a compliment to what they really are. But, yeah, this is why I did 24-hour diet. So this is why people need to make this information their own. I'm not a belief system. I don't want Brian followers. Oh, I believe the guy. I don't want you to believe in anything I say. All I expect out of this is the guy sounded real sure of himself, gave more scientific-sounding stuff and more references than I've ever heard. I need to look at more, and once you get the book, you go, But you need to make this material yours. You need to be your own expert. You'll get to learn it once, and it's it's, it's maybe four hours, you're done. It's like riding a bicycle. Learn how to do it, you're done. You're learning how to drive your car, you're done. And it's, it's fun. I mean, you, you look through the book. Yeah, it's It's fun. not a dry read. No, it's not. It's, it's really fun. It's a great book. Really funny, great science, and give it a read. Honestly, it's, it's... It's like fiber. Fiber is sawdust. It irritates the colon. In 1999 and 2000, Lancet, the world's premier medical journal, New England, Medi- New England Journal of Medicine in America, both ran studies how people eating the most fiber got the most colon cancer. Now they're back to eating fiber again. Mm-hmm. We're on a merry-go-round. All they do is repeat stuff from 20 years ago. I don't know what the heck is wrong with no. them. That's why nothing advances in medicine. The high-fat ketogenic diet has been around for decades. We're just back to it. We don't know what to eat. I can put a man on the moon. I can look at quantum dynamics, know how transistors work. I can't see an electron, but I can't tell you what to eat. Do you know how stupid that is? <laughs> how embarrassing that is or should be? Oh, we need more studies. I cannot tell you what to eat. God help us. <laughs> I got three final questions. Okay. What are you most excited about right now? What are you working on that excites you the most? Uh, healing diabetic uh, foot ulcers and wound healing in, in people that don't heal. Because all the pathways that these oils work on heal people. So it's very exciting to get very, very bad wounds, and, and we're going to be working on this. This is why I'm in the University of Miami, the wound yeah. clinic. That's why you're that, here. That's what I'm talking Yeah. Most of the people have never seen this material on lipids and how they heal. So it's very exciting, but yeah. that, that, that's my big thing right now. That's very exciting. You know, when my dad passed away from the complications of diabetes, really? he had a lot of uh, wounds that wouldn't heal. Yes. He, he had dry, diabetic neuropathy, and he ended yes. up, he suffered a massive stroke from his diabetes, yeah. and, and it took his life. But the reason I brought it up is because that is, is exciting, because if you're listening to this... It's a big it, component of wounds. They all have impaired circulatory problems. Yes. All of them. Yes. That's why they have their neuropathy. That's why they're not healing. So if you are listening yeah. to this and you're diabetic or you have a family member or, or a friend and they have wounds that are not healing, how could they find out more about what you're doing here? 
Well, they can uh, check my website itself, brianpeskin.com. It's B as in boy, R-I-A-N, B as in parent, E-S-K-I-N.com. Ton of information there if there's something they don't know, but get the 24-hour diet. Yeah. It's I'm put, mandatory. I'm going to put the link for your website, the books, and Thanks. everything we spoke about in the notes. So make Thanks. sure you go check them out. Second question. Yeah. What are you grateful for today? More and more people listening like yourself. You know, it's becoming more receptive. Fats are very, very important and good. 20 years ago, we were back in the high-carb thing. Or 15, 10 years ago, it was hitting more of the high-carb. And the resistance is just so big, people won't even listen to you. So I'm thankful that there's more of an audience, and I'm a subset. So people like you that have a big voice, I'm just one guy. My charter is giving the best science, the best medical science in the world. But if it doesn't get out there, it's no good. Yeah. So I can write a book. I don't want to do it for myself, so I want to thank you. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, last question. What is your definition of perfect health? Well, perfect health is you have energy all the time. You have laser attention all the time. You don't make yourself sick looking in the mirror or you're huge. And you don't have the debilitating diseases like cancer, heart disease, diabetes. People ask, well, you're going to die of something. Yeah, you're going to die, but it's going to be fast. It's like a wind-up toy. The minute it gets unwound, it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's how you're going to die. It's how you're meant to die. Not this long, drawn-out thing for five years with 27 complications. That's health, and nobody knows it. I mean, nobody knows what having energy on demand is. They run around exhausted. They have no memory anymore. They have no focus. I mean, the stuff I see today, you say something and five seconds later, it's forgotten. Your kids should have the kind of attention I have, the kind of focus I have. It should be boom. It doesn't go away. I was up at 3 a.m. today. I'm doing the interview. How do I sound? You see any impairment in my mind? No, you sound sharp. None. Yeah. Well, there is none. I did rest on the plane. That was it. Other than that, I've been... Yeah. Non-stop. So I got two hours. It was a two-hour flight. But I got four hours of rest. I went to bed at, I think, 11.30, 12. No, I didn't even get that. I wasn't up at 3.30. I was up at 2.30. I got three hours of rest. Not sleep. Rest. And then, boom. And then, no problem. And I'm not even tired now. I can keep going. <laughs> That's like what it should be. Yeah. Well, Brian, this has been fun. Uh, I want to acknowledge you for your work, uh, the books you've written. When I first saw you speak in Boca, your talk was really profound. And nice. it, it made an impact for me to the point where I'm like, I got to educate people on fish oil. Appreciate and that. what it's doing. And uh, you're just uh, a force to be reckoned with. And you don't care about being politically correct. And you just want to speak your truth. And your truth is strong. And you're helping a lot of people. No, thanks. Yeah, people say I'm controversial. I say I'm not controversial in the least. People telling you to take a supra-physiologic overdose of something by a factor of 20 to 500 times should be controversial. I'm actually quite conservative yeah. when it comes to this. I don't even like taking double. I'm very conservative. 
<laughs> and it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you actually take it the time and you look at the resources and the, and the studies and actually the physiological processes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And that's why I connected with you. So I want to say Good. thank you. This has been a lot of fun. And I'm uh, grateful to share your message with my community. My pleasure. Audience. Thanks again for having me. Thank you, Brian. I told you that was going to be controversial. He is very controversial, but he provides a lot of value. You know, the things that he shares is backed up by science. So I want you to do some research, check out the notes of this podcast, explore the links, go get his books and do some research. And you'll be surprised that a lot of the stuff that you see in mainstream is not necessarily true health. And there's a lot of uh, propaganda and agendas behind what mainstream media is promoting. I want to remind you that the Keto Camp Academy is now officially launched. So if you want to become a member and uh, you find this in time, you can become a founding member. Head over to ketocampacademy.com to learn more. Also get my free Keto Kickstart Guide over at www.ketokickstartguide.com. Head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Keto Camp YouTube channel youtube.com slash ketocamp to watch all the videos we have on there. We release five brand new videos on there every single week. And the last thing I want to share with you or ask you is that if you found any value from the Keto Camp podcast, please leave it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a big difference for the show. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me and Professor Peskin. You'll hear me on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.